with that, I say welcome to Geeks with Kids, the geeky podcast from a parenting point of view. I'm one of your hosts, Eric, and joining me this week is Hawk and Michael because it's Thursday and we're talking about Star Trek Picard. Yeah, Hi, Michael. Yes, we are. Hello. Hi. And also, we have a special little window in our little Zoom meeting and we have a guest star. It's Julian from Everything is Permitted. How are you doing? Good, man. Thanks for having me. I, I kept saying to myself, I'm into one of these and uh, here I am. So I guess it worked. Yeah, it did. Um, so we're here. It's the final episode of Star Trek Picard, the first season, episode 10, et in Arcadia Ego, part two. Um, I don't think I mentioned what that meant in last episode. Yeah, it, it was a painting. Yeah, the translation is, even in Arcadia, there I am. And mm. um, it is a really famous painting, and it's usually in- interpreted as death being there, being everywhere, even in Utopia, which is mm. Arcadia. So let's jump into the summary. This episode picks up directly after the previous episode with the Romulan fleet hours away and Narek running from captivity. He arrives at the downed artifact and is greeted by Nerissa, who helps him grab grenades aimed at blowing up the orchids. He leaves the artifact and is followed by Elnor. Jean-Luc, in captivity, tries to reason with Soji's better nature, but to no avail. Soji reasons that there's no choice but to build the beacon. Picard said that's a failure of imagination. Aboard La Serena, Rafi and Rios fix the ship using the magic imagination wand, only to be confronted by Narek. Narek wants to work together to stop the synthetics from activating the beacon. <laughs> I, and, and I think it should always be called the magic imagination I couldn't wand. remember the name <laughs> of it. Jurati <laughs> plays the double agent distracting Dr. Alton Sung and tearing out Saga's eye to break Picard out of his quarters. Soon accesses Sega's memories and discovers that Sutra was the one who murdered Sega. Jurati and Picard make their way to La Serena as Rafi, Rios, and Narek work to destroy the beacon and a grenade soccer ball. <laughs> I approve of this. <laughs> seven of nine discovers Nerissa on the artifact. A fight ensues, and Seven pushes Nerissa off an edge, and thus avenging Hugh. Although, side note, I assume Nerissa isn't dead. I don't think you need to read that side note, but that was just me ta- talking right. about. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people are assuming that. Yeah. <laughs> the Orchids and La Serena fight off the Romulan fleet using a modified Picard maneuver, and just as everything seems doomed, Starfleet arrives with Captain Will Riker in the capital ship. Jean-Luc lets Soji know that he is willing to sacrifice himself for her and her people. She closes the portal, and Picard dies. Data and Picard have an emotional conversation in a massively complex quantum simulation. Data lets Picard know that he won't die and he's going back. Data wants to die because that means that his own life has meaning. Picard's consciousness gets downloaded into the Golem. We find out that Picard's new body would have the same lifespan that he would have had without the brain and abnormality. The crew, along with Seven of Nine, go back to La Serena and they head off and engage. So like we do after every summary, we'll just do our quick little, did we like it or did we not? Let's start with our guest, Julian. Did you like this? No, not one bit. <laughs> All um, right, Jose. Yeah. Don't worry, we won't, we'll yeah. get into it. Jose. Yeah, I, I did actually. And I was, and I was very uh, adamantly against the first part of this, of this uh, two-parter, yeah. but I did like this episode. Yeah. What about you, Hawk? I'm in, I'm in the same boat as Julian. I didn't like this and I wanted to like this, but I just can't. I, I yeah, I think I'm also leaning towards the not liking. I was sort of I enjoyed. I think it you guys are dead saw. inside. Actually, I think that no, <laughs> I enjoyed parts of it. Um, but I as a whole, I don't think I liked the episode. 
Um, I, don't, yeah. I don't think you guys are letting yourselves like anything anymore. <laughs> That's a lie. I liked I liked most of this season except for the last two episodes. I didn't have all the I didn't have the same reservations last week. You guys did. Um, mm. this, it just there yeah. was no payoff. Ten episodes until I said the words that I thought I would never utter and say that this is not Star Trek. Oh. That's just me. Ooh, let's yeah, go well. into that. Yeah. <laughs> Why? <It's>, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for, for so many reasons, just the, the style of the, the show, the fact that we're, we're dealing with consciousnesses being transferred into golems a la Battlestar Galactica. You know, obviously Ron Moore has that deep, you know, Star Trek history being in the writer's room at TNG and DS9 and then going and doing Battlestar. And I guess the argument could be made that Star Trek did the whole synthetic body thing first, but Battlestar did it better. And then, then this just seems like such a I don't want to say borrow it it just it seems it seems like a ripoff to me and just I don't have a problem with the swearing I don't have a problem with the violence but just taking Picard and and making him this just seems so against everything that is as Star Trek at least to me growing up yeah there's 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 a lot of implications with uh, Jean-Luc now being artificial no I think I think back to a classic Trek episode uh, Spock's brain Mm-hmm. from the the original back in the 1960s and 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 that episode actually had uh Spock's uh brain removed from his body and put into a computer because uh he you know he w- he needed to be repaired and and so um I'm wondering if we could say that, that there there was some precedent for for this type of thing in the past but there, yeah, the whole idea that you were replacing a character also kind of makes me think a little bit about the the um the whole thing around the transporter mm-hmm. and and whether um, when these characters are actually going into a transporter, which technically is converting their bodies into a, uh, an energy stream, transferring that energy and then reconstituting it uh, into into matter, um, are those people dying every single time they go into the transporter and then just simply being recreated as a brand new person yeah. or a brand new uh, life form when, when they're when they're recreated? So there's there's a lot of discussion around that, and there was an episode of Star Trek Enterprise that actually went into that and, and talked about some of the implications of that too. Just uh, just for a counter for Shouse's point in that there's a there's a direct link in in Star Trek TNG to the whole idea of transferring a consciousness to a synthetic person in that right when yeah David met Ira Graves in that and Ira Graves transferred what he thought was just his accumulated knowledge in that but he didn't realize how much of him uh, would be you know would be transferred over in this in right. the process. And then there was the idea of Soong's um, Soong's wife right that that yeah. um, got recreated as she was an android. I was going to say, are you guys familiar with the current uh, Jonathan Hickman uh, Powers of X and House of X and run in the comics going on right now? I haven't followed it in a while. So so in in a nutshell, I I don't want to spoil too much if you have any plans on reading it, but it's very much dealing with the same thing of like new bodies and this idea of immortality. And uh, it just, it it seems to be very popular right now. Yeah. So there's a big theme of Picard being sick at the beginning of this season and then they sort of just didn't talk about it for most of the season and then right at the end they're like well you know what we'll get rid of it just by having him getting transferred over he had a couple headaches and whatnot it didn't really bother him up until that (laughs) we're we're gonna make sure that it happens at the most inconvenient time that he's gonna have he's gonna have an episode in the middle of this space battle (laughs) and it sort of goes against what happened at the end of TNG because he had been suffering for such a long time with that disease, at least uh, in the future. And it just, Oh yeah. It was making him, it was almost like an Alzheimer's kind of thing, right? Yeah. It was making him forget things and he wasn't having any of those side effects in no, the show. It was hardly there. And the fact that that payoff is gone, like 
they there's nothing to work with. They could have spent the whole season working on that. And then I guess having this happen at the end, I guess it would have felt better, but it doesn't feel good to me. Mm. No, no. Uh, as far as the illness and that, like it, for me, the perfect ending to this season would have been him dying of that illness and that, and then just him waking up and meeting Q. Yeah. Yeah, and then and realizing a, he's in leaving, hell, leaving that as a cliffhanger to going into the next season of that. They were a little afraid of going, uh, leaving a cliffhanger in in, in oh, series yeah. nowadays. So yeah. it, it, Q, yeah. Q's, just, Q's just like mon capitaine. Yeah. It's weird that Q has just not cared about Picard after having such a vested interest in him yeah. all through TNG. Well, John, John Delancey's too busy doing My Little Pony, so he doesn't have time. To <laughs> My Little Pony and like years ago <laughs> or my kids just started watching it so come it, on it's wonderful you should keep watching it <laughs> I and think then you also, should do a campaign on my little pony i think they're also just afraid about being too fan servicey i think you know they were very hesitant to even have Riker and troy in there for a lot except for those you know couple of episodes brief mentions of wharf you know all of a sudden if q's in tng light you know i i would have loved to see it i think I think the moments where you had TNG characters and TNG themes in the show were the really strong points of season one. Yeah. That was still the best episode is the one with Riker and Troy. I would argue. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would a hundred percent agree with that. Um, did we want to keep talking about the car? Did we want to go into probably one of the most emotional parts of the whole episode, his talk with data in that, simulation well this is the part that worked the most for me like i think this is why i liked the, the episode the most i felt like we were finally getting to see what was going on with picard this whole time he's been it's been bothering him since the death of data at the end of nemesis he feels like he hadn't been able to say goodbye to his friend and and now he finally gets to have that discussion with the real data it's not a dream he's actually talking to data and data finally gets what he wants which is mortality Mm-hmm. And he finally gets to to confront, uh, you know, what it means to be a human and to have that um, that that end of the story, um, and and just the way that they did it with the um, uh, the the uh, the whole ceremony at the end where he was reading the Tempest, he's pulling out the the isolinear chips, and Data's like face is getting older, and he just like he just dies on that couch. Like that was that was powerful. Mm-hmm. I have to admit that is probably my favorite part of this whole episode, seeing those two actors sort of parallel that first scene in the first episode where they're sitting at a sitting together and talking to each other about, you know, life and they were playing, they were playing chess then or no poker. It was poker. poker. Yeah. Cause he had, he had the five Queens, which which, which we were hoping met Q. Yeah. Cause they were talking about something more than what we thought. Yeah. You think about some of the best scenes that they share in, you know, in TNG, whether it's Measure of a Man or, you know, you know, their their whole thing with the Borg Queen in uh in First Contact and then obviously what what happens in Nemesis. Uh it's great. It works. It is an amazing scene. Um and but the, the thing I find unfortunate about it is that it is pretty much the only reason why Picard has to be transferred into this golem is to be able to make this scene happen. And I feel like they could have found some other magical Star Trek way for him to actually talk with Data without him having to become a synth himself. Having said that, it's absolutely beautiful. Brought a tear to my eye, literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that, that one scene when he's walking out of the room and he's with a tear in his eyes, says, goodbye, Commander, and goodbye, Cat. Like, oh, I get goosebumps oh, yeah. just thinking about it. Goosebumps right now. Thinking about yeah, it. Cause yeah, because he, he was calling... 
calling him captain. Everybody else was calling him admiral. Because mm-hmm. yeah. it's his consciousness from back then, right? When he was still a captain. Yeah. Did, did you guys have any difficulty with that suspension of disbelief, sort of looking at old Brent Spiner and the data makeup? Really I didn't, hard. I didn't, yeah. I didn't mind it, actually, to be to, to be honest. Mostly because I don't like remember I, what he looked like in in, in um the, the last movie. Like he was, he was just, he was so much younger and he had, he had a much thinner face. Yes. Um, and got a little bit bigger and, and he's he, in the makeup. You can tell immediately that this is an older Brent Spiner plan data. But I think like as a fan, this is data and we're fine with that. That's data. Go ahead, data. My biggest nitpick with it, unfortunately, this is going to sound so awful, but I, I have to say it is that that's not actually one of the costumes from the show that is like one of the ones that you can buy on the internet that's like a really good quality one but like i'm wondering what happened to the first contact outfits you know like where did those go why couldn't they put him in his real uniform because it just looked so cheap like you could see the zippers his sleeves were coming yeah. out and it took me out of the element a little bit i wonder if he can't we're, fit we're, into it anymore <laughs> yeah i was thinking that too and, and we, yeah. you know when we, when we saw data before we were watching him you know in standard def we were <laughs> that's fair um the one thing I thought was weird in this scene was that Data said he died in 2379. And we don't normally hear dates like that, in like a Gregorian date. We yeah, should hear like star date, right? Because, yeah, of, star dates, yeah. because of warp and the bending of time. So that was weird, wasn't it? I don't think I've ever heard them use a real, like a, a regular date in Star yeah. Trek ever. Maybe yeah. they only use star dates um, in Starfleet. Maybe when, they're, when we're talking about civilians, they're still using regular calendar time. But then they're using, also, they're using Earth calendar time, though. That's weird. I also yeah. thought that they were just trying to kind of steer away from these these weird star dates that didn't make any sense. Like, I feel like they barely used them in uh, in Discovery and, and talked about years more than, than anything, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're right. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't I recall hearing a lot of star dates. Um, one question, because I'm not as big of a Star Trek fan as you guys. Was there something with Data and Buddhism? Because there was a lot of Buddhist imagery in that simulation and i don't know if there was something about i don't ever remember data taking a particular interest throughout the show oh. and when he, when he, he was always about, into painting and stuff but yeah that, that that was his entry into humanity was you through the arts like painting uh, and religion was usually like a big no-no in star trek as well yeah yeah, yeah. Weird, weird. Although they they did they did I think the most religion they ever did in Star Trek was probably the Bajorans on in Deep Space Nine, right? That's yep. true. Yeah, that whole thing with the uh, the prophets, the prophets, and yeah, all. Yeah, that, that. that was after that was after uh, Gene Roddenberry died, and Ron Moore was like, "All right, I'm steering the ship. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's go into something I want to do." <laughs> um, did you guys want to bring up any ideas or thoughts that you want to discuss? I'm mostly well, I mean, it, for it, when we discuss what doesn't work in this episode. So, well, yeah, go for it. Like, works, doesn't work. Anything is okay, on the first, table. Right first now. up, uh, Sutra was uh, geared to be like a mate, you know, the, the final villain in this. That was in- a throwaway character. He had an turned, off they button. Button. They literally turned around. You're done. <laughs> Click. <laughs> I was hoping that we get into some and thing where it's like, you know, maybe she was like a, you know, she was kind of like, you know, the way lore turned out. Uh, yeah, she could have been Lord Junior. Yeah, exactly. But instead, click, goodbye. <sighs> do, do you guys do you guys see how they quickly retconned uh, that uh, Brent Spiner's character, that the Doctor? Yes. And when, when and Data at the end was like, "Oh, and my brother, oh you know, yeah, build me." It's like, okay, so you, now you're going to make this canon? <laughs> you're just yeah. going to throw that line in there? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. There is. And a, like, where, where was he sitting on on this? 
the synth slump this week. He's not. I he, uh, as soon as he it, realized that Sutra actually was the one who did the bad thing, then all of a sudden he was like, "Okay, well now I'm going to switch sides." <laughs> it's true. The what about Jonathan Franks on the uh, USS Zhang He? Like, did, I assumed all of us were were hoping he was going to come back, but I was hoping moment. he would be on the Enterprise. Like, yeah. I mentioned I, this uh, earlier. Like, I. I think the parts of this episode that worked were when there were TNG elements or like really Star Trek elements, right? So like him showing up in uniform, mm-hmm. he's just back in that character uh, perfectly. You know, he's Will Riker. He's going to blow sh- uh, and And I really, really loved that. The, a little too quick maybe to uh, let Commodore O uh, warp on out of there. But uh, I, I loved yeah. every moment of that, especially yeah. when it's like, I'll see you around, my friend Riker out. is like, Riker out. I'm the captain. Yeah. Oh, I know. Most um, encounters in Starfleet with the Romulans, and that always end in some sort of a stalemate. And the Romulans yeah. are notoriously like, they they won't make the first move. I, I've got two points about the, the Riker thing. And I mentioned this, in, like in terms of the timeline of this series, that from the time that Picard left Nepenthe and and started going and and started making his way to this planet somehow Riker had time to get a haircut get his beard all cleaned up get into a nice uniform hop onto this spaceship take command of an entire fleet of ships and get there like just like a day later i'm i'm just right? saying they it's have barbers on uh, on ships <laughs> mr mott baby mr mott Maybe, maybe, maybe the, the fleet had to just spin past Riker's planet and pick him up on the way. I don't know. I know we were talking about this off mic, but it was sort of disappointing that all the Starfleet ships looked exactly the same. That's really yeah. bothered Super me. disappointing. Super yeah. disappointing. Yeah. And, that's and, when, and that's I mean, when you in, know they spent their VFX budget for the, for the whole series when they for do the that. For the orchids? It's all on the orchids. But, but I mean, like, it, it, like in terms of VFX, like in the past, those would have all been models. But now it's all computer. already have the computer models for most of those ships. Yeah. It would not have been hard to throw a few galaxy class ships in there or a few uh, a d- different ships just to mix it up a bit. Yeah, like for I, um, Star Wars, for Rise of Skywalker, they took a bunch of like models from the cartoon shows and just reskinned yeah. them to make them higher. Like, they they could have been hiding. Some. They've been hiding Easter eggs in this show the entire way. People would have loved to pause their their TVs and try to pick out all of the different ships from the Star Trek universe. You know, that would have been great for fans. Just hide some ships in there, hide the Defiant in there, you know? Um, I do want to be the odd man out and say that I am happy that he didn't show up on the Enterprise because I feel like that would have then been two new Trek season finales that that ended with an Enterprise showing up. Yeah, good point. That's fair. Good point. I still want it. <laughs> like I said, when I would justify the the similarity of the ships to it being a squadron, uh, yeah. I think these are these are task ships for a specific purpose, and yeah, so yeah. the military wing of yeah, that, that could make sense. These, these yeah. are these are attack ships, and he did ask for a squadron uh, to the admiral on that one episode, like just a a collection yeah. of whatever starships are nearby. Yeah. It was a specifically a military yeah. group that showed up. Okay, it, like yeah, we never we never complain when the Romulan or warbirds or like the Klingon birds of prey all look the same and that you know they, there doesn't seem to be much distinction in those classes That's of fair. ship. So yeah. I, I am I am a collector of Star Trek Christmas ornaments. I've been collecting the Hallmark ones since 1991. Oh. I think was the first ornament, and my mom's been collecting them for me when I was a kid. And I I have all of them in a couple of Rubbermaid totes, and I would love to get a La Serena uh, ornament. Hopefully mm-hmm. next year. You know, I'm just throwing that out there, Hallmark. If you're listening, 
(laughs) (laughs) And if you want to sponsor a podcast, we could always use the money. That'd be great. Could we also just uh, really quickly say how awesome it was to hear Captain Rodeo say, I (laughs) Yes. I love that. (laughs) Amazing. I, I I love that crew. I love I love Rios. I love Gerardi. And we didn't really get to see um, them really do anything this mm. episode. Gerardi got to do her her secret yeah. spy stuff, which I thought was adorable. But I I've loved her sure. this whole season. So anything she does for me is great. oh I remember the, the oh sorry, and she, oh sorry and she was one who came up with the idea. There is a maneuver named after you. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was a bit. That was that a bit little, simple that they did the 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 sure. weird hologram thing. I thought that was. Did, did, did she need to have to say make it so? I don't think she needed to say make it so. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. She, no, she apparently did. pushed Stewart to do it, and he was like, "All right, fine, whatever." <laughs> <laughs> she said, uh, "The ready room." Can I can I just throw throw something out there about what what happened today with with the what, what I thought was probably the biggest surprise and and it was the worst kept surprise of this episode <laughs> was when when Captain Riker showed up. Um, you know, seeing seeing guest star names in the credits um, really is, me. isn't a good idea when you're trying to you know sneak somebody into an episode. But then the fact that that Jonathan Frakes himself actually posted a picture yes. of himself on Twitter, like the morning that the episode was released, <laughs> yes. when most of the people <laughs> haven't seen the episode yet, nope. I was I'm, so effing pissed <laughs> off. I was like, "Are you kidding me, Jonathan Frakes? You should know better. It's not even noon." Yeah. Yeah. Like I saw the episode at like eight in the morning, so I was fine. But I mean, most people weren't getting up super early to watch. Yeah, you told me to not to avoid Twitter, and I was like, okay, I guess I'm not going to go on Twitter this morning. Yeah, until I watch it. Oh, that's that was unfortunate. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So season's done. Yep. I guess uh, it was all right. Um. But we didn't really get an idea of where we're going. Do you, Do you have any ideas of where this can head? Because now we have a new crew. We have seven on the on the team. Are they going to be like well, mercenaries? Maybe. I don't know. They have their new uh, com badges with the two circles because they're not part of Starfleet, right? They're not a Starfleet ship, right? They can nope. go and he do does things. Still have that... rights as an admiral, though, doesn't he? Um, I thought he had the leak. I guess since he did talk them into, yeah, I, I feel like that's a normal military thing. Like at that rank, you're kind of even if you're quote unquote retired. You're you're still an admiral and can be basically brought in at any time. So they could theoretically be like, uh, Admiral Picard, we need you for so and so. Take your ragtag crew of misfits and go to planet so and so for the planet of the week. I don't I don't think they're going to do that, but they I guess theoretically could. They they yeah, seem to be doing sure. these overarching um, uh, narratives, right? Like if you look at Discovery and and stuff, even with this this first season, I think they'll do the same kind of thing. Some some massive something huge happening in the galaxy. Uh, and somehow Picard's going to be involved, and you it'll know, probably it, have to do with him being a robot. There's going to be some sort of, yeah, I guess, issue with that. I had hoped does, that they does were the crew link. know that. Does, does the crew know that he's an android, or is it just a they, they have to, right? Yeah, because they, yeah. he died in their arms. So I mean, they gotta, <laughs> that, uh, yeah, oh, no, he he's, died. Fine. They, he's fine. He died. They brought <laughs> him, and then he's back, and you know, heading up the crew. Uh, I got surprised. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, anybody, anybody yeah. want to discuss that the little uh, another little throwaway thing at the end of the episode when we're scanning over the new crew of the La Serena and that? And oh, you're talking about the relationship that's, seven that came out of nowhere. That would have uh, been a, such a good relationship to build next season. I think they built it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't even know they lo- knew each other. Love at first sight by those two. <laughs> Did they I talk this whole season? 
No. 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 Oh, okay. Siobhan was probably like, all right, now now I got want you guys to hold hands. And they're probably looking like, why? Why? He's, he's like, because I, cause I wrote some it. fan fiction where you did. So just do it. Come on. Just yeah. do it. I want this to be to be canon now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, and yeah. then there's the idea that we don't know what happened to Eric, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that was another loose end. He was. He, he was, was just. I, take- he was a good character. I liked him as a character. Mm-hmm. I would have loved, loved to learn Narissa more as a character. And she got. Well, no, no, she's coming back. We saw no oh, body. Yeah, no, we talked she's about coming back. Mic, she, yeah. she got. She got <laughs> snoked. No body, no daddy. Oh, man. No, Snoke died. We saw him die. (laughs) At least. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I would like to. I would like to see them connect this to Discovery somehow. I know that there there was rumors that the season of Picard was going to. There was rumors that the advanced AI was actually going to be that control AI from the second season of Discovery, and then said they were robot snakes. Yeah, and that somehow it was in the future, and it was somehow trying to reach back into the past, and and whatever, but they didn't really go there, but it would be really cool if somehow those shows were overlapping a little bit. Did no yeah, one we... seem concerned at all about the giant space snakes coming out of a giant red portal? Like they seem to just kind of throw it all away. Like, yep. all right, I guess they're gone. The, uh, the portal's closed. Yeah. Look forward to. We're all good. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Iron Man flew in and then uh, <laughs> blocked it and it was fine. That was another part was that we like very badly handled that, you know, it was just it, the be, you know, this beacon instead becomes a portal, uh, you know, to like yeah. some sort of like a futuristic Cthulhu. And then the, the uh, snake, the snakes were all like, region. like they, none yeah. of them got through in that, in, in those few minutes. I, yeah. I just want to say that I hate the sci-fi um, thing where that beam comes up from a planet and just, it happens so often now. It's just, not oh, a yeah. that's a preset well, in, in, in Photoshop now. Nine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They did do it in 09. Uh, yeah, with the drill. Yeah. <laughs> man, man. Well, there's there's somebody at like uh, uh, ILM that that's their bread and butter. This is like, okay, <laughs> we, 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 we need like a beam of light going up into space. Go send it to Gary. And Gary's like, oh, I got you a beam of light right over here. Do you, what color do you want? You want red this time? Green? Yeah. Green? Let's, let's go with the red. It looks so I have the opposite image. I I see the guys at ILM going, uh, reading the script, you know, handed to them. And it's like, and, and just like going through like some stock programs. Okay, here, here, here. Here we go. Let's just, we'll, copy it it from, we'll, we'll paste it from this movie and we'll just put it back in. Yeah, uh, guys, make sure that the shade of red is number 3450. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, I don't think there's anything really left to say for this episode. Um, overall, the season. It, I think it was worth watching, I guess. I, I, I liked Picard. I'm, I'm excited for season two. The at the end two. didn't work for me, but I, I liked a, a number of episodes up to this point. In this case, it was the journey rather than the end. Uh, the journey up to this was great, you know, and I will watch season two, um, but I, I just hope that they get some better talent on the on the end cap of it. So I got a question yeah. for you guys. Yep. This, this season or Discovery season two? Discovery season two yeah. every day of the week. Yeah, yeah, I think I would yeah. say the same. Pike was so good in season two, yeah. um, and I would just watch that forever. Yeah, um, I'm I'm going to be the naysayer and say that there were maybe a handful of decent episodes, but overall, I thought it was a failure. I think it it fell victim to some really bad writing, to some massive plot holes. Having said that, am I going to watch season two? Hell yeah, absolutely. He's a new yeah. showrunner uh, too. That same that guy Michael Shabon is no longer involved. Yeah. So. 
um, good, honestly. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, the, the one thing I'll say is that the biggest struggle that I'm going to have going into season two is trying to reconcile the fact that I'm now Android Picard and not this character who I have loved since I was a little boy. Like, that is a very big deal to me. And I'm like struggling with it right now. Mm-hmm. That, that was the solution to cure. To cure his disease was to create a whole. And they could have just used the magical. We didn't talk about the magical, the magical think it away machine. (laughs) The magic imagination wand. Yeah, Yeah. I don't. What is that? What is that? The shows and the the the, the, the short treks. No, no, no. The uh, the two guy, you know, the one guy who plays the two guys, not the pit, the script writer and the agent, not. Uh, oh, oh, the uh, the screen rant stuff, screen, the um, uh, pitch meetings, pitch meetings. Yeah, this felt like nah. thing that you know the pitch meeting. Ugh. It feels like if it, it, it feels exactly like that, and yet it seems like something that they couldn't even you know do a pitch meeting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, hopefully, the second season is good, yeah. but. It was we, we got a lot of Star Trek coming yeah. our way, right? Yeah. Like we've got we've got a couple of new animated series coming. We've got uh, Discovery season three. Eventually, they didn't give right. us a release date. Still, yeah, no release date on that. It would be nice if they put it out now while we're all in quarantine. Like let's let's watch some <laughs> more Star Trek. Nice. Give yes. me lower decks at least. I would love to just yes. see lower decks. Yeah. Yes. Totally. Uh, all right. Well, since we have the guests here, we're going to give you the red carpet. Do you have anything you want to promote on here before we head out? I know well, you do I'm a little write ups. Uh, I do do a Picard review uh, every week. I'm going to struggle to write that one this week. It's going to be very painful. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do a double promotion for both of us. We are going to be recording our Matt vs. Matt film to the decade extravaganza, which I'm, I'm really looking forward to. Uh, but other than that, uh, everything is permitted. You can find us on all our social media handles at PermittedPod. It's very, very easy. Uh, yeah. So thank you for having me. Yeah, definitely check it out. It's such a great podcast. And I'm glad that we have podcasting friends in, yes. in, the, in here. Yeah. Um, and one day and, we're going to warp speed over to your guys and, and we're going to do a show with you. We want to come to Canada. Yeah. It would be awesome if we all went to like Fan Expo or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, we'll figure out something. If there if there is one this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. We'll oh, see. We can't wait to get that brand new corona, coronavirus-free uh, synth body. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? If we were all in golems, we'd be fine right exactly. now, guys. Seriously, except they'd have to leave the ninja programming in for me because just they got to keep that in there. Yep, Eric wants to be a ninja. ninja damn it! Programming in. Damn straight. Yeah, um, yeah. We didn't even get to talk about how they made him old and feeble, and how he's just gonna <laughs> still die. Um, but well, we knew he'd like it this way. <laughs> oh, hey, that's actually a really, really, really quickly. Does he have an artificial heart still? Oh no. <gasps> Uh, I guess he's probably all not, artificial no. now. I guess. Oh, it's so weird. Yeah. Uh, weird. Uh, anyway, yeah. let's throw this to our listeners. What did you think of this season and this episode? Let us know in email form or on our social media. We are everywhere. Thank you, Michael, Michael, and Julian for coming on and talking about Star Trek. I hopefully will talk to you guys about Discovery whenever that comes out. I guess they'll finally tell us one day. Can't, yes. can't wait. And, and, day, and, and the Orville, too. Oh, we gotta the Orville. We've got to talk about that. Do you watch that, Julian? Yeah, I do. Mm, yeah, I love the Orville. Yeah, we're gonna have, have stuff to, to talk about. I'm anyway, thank you guys. My egg after this. <laughs> thank you guys for coming on. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. Goodbye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that's it for us this week on Geeks with Kids. If you want to get a hold of us, you can send us an email at podcast at geekswithkids.ca, and don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com/geekswithkids. Follow us on Twitter at geekswithkidscn. Check out our pics on Instagram at geekswithkids. 
And you can find all of this good stuff on our website at www.geekswithkids.ca. So if you like what you hear, why don't you hit that subscribe button and leave us a comment. This podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube, and your favorite podcasting app. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.